Peter says, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Peter, are you out of your mind? Now run for your life. These are the guys with the crosses. He leads me beside still waters. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We point this out uh, every time the 23rd Psalm rolls around because uh, frankly it's uh, worth pointing out that the Hebrew word most often translated into follow is Radolf in this psalm. So he follows me. Surely goodness and mercy will, Radolf will follow me all the days of my life. And it really means to run after or to chase, to pursue, which has to color the way we hear uh, the psalm a bit, does it not? Uh, if we read the scriptures carefully, we'll probably uh, notice that God is always in pursuit. You might even conclude that the prevailing narrative throughout the scriptures is of a gracious God determined to bless, uh, coming to be with humankind, coming to find us uh, from the outset, from Adam and Eve to Abraham and Sarah, all the way through the many stories uh, of Jesus showing up to call and to heal and to bless. Somehow, though, the guiding narrative of modern Christian faith in the United States so often centers around mustering up, huh, just the right kind of faith or accepting Jesus as my personal Savior, that sort of thing. In other words, people tend to understand if not demand that we have some control over our relationship with God. The control often involves some standard of behavior. You know, I try to be a good person. I, I go to church. I, I, uh, I do my best to help others, that sort of thing. The problem, well, one of several problems with this virtues-based Theology is that in addition to the pipe dream that I am, you know, such a good guy that God really owes me mercy and forgiveness and salvation, it also naturally leads to me applying my standards to other people. Now I can convince myself that I'm in good with God because, well, you know, I'm not as bad as some people that I know the original sin, control, power. This is what we're after, really always has been. All this is for you, God says in the garden. Just stay out of that one tree over there, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
all of this is for you. And we say, yeah, uh, we're going to need a bit more control than that, God. You know, thanks though. But sooner or later, our delusions of control fall apart. Sooner or later, we find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic with dreams and plans deferred, if not derailed. And this is a reality uh, that is a challenge always and for everyone. The problem uh, is that this rolls around time and time again. Let me find my place here, back in my notes. Uh, there is something in the human condition that makes it common for us to fear being overtaking, overtaken by something beyond our control. In our lives, we can feel pursued by many things, by the expectations we face at work, by the unrealistic expectations we place on ourselves, by time itself as we age and our own mortality comes into view by a system built on ancient inequities and arrayed against our very personhood, hunting our children. The 23rd Psalm speaks to these fears. We're being pursued all right, chased, hunted even, by the Lord, not of judgment and exclusion, exclusion but of goodness and mercy. Pursued, radaf, by goodness and mercy. In the Good Friday Gospel reading from John, we heard again Peter's big moment of spontaneous courage, if not recklessness, when he decided to take control, huh? and he stepped between Jesus and the armed, dangerous Roman soldiers that were there to arrest him. Peter, remember, drew his sword and cut off the right ear of the high priest's servant, Peter had told Jesus that he would die for him if necessary. And really, that's what could have happened right then and there. And if it had, we would prob probably remember Peter differently than we do now. Uh, Peter would likely be remembered as a fierce and loyal follower, militant almost. But Peter's story did not end at the hands of those Roman soldiers in the Garden of Gethsemane. We watched as Peter followed from there, and they dragged Jesus in front of the high priest, and Peter out there in the courtyard denied that he even knew Jesus. And Peter was ashamed after that and humiliated and so disappointed with himself. So all of that is part of what we remember about Peter. And then his Lord was killed in a state-sanctioned execution, and Peter's denials that he even knew Jesus became the last thing he ever did for his Lord. And if you could have asked Peter right at that moment, I 
am willing to bet that he would have told you that he wished those Roman soldiers had done their job back in the garden a short while before after he had hacked off the right ear of the high priest's servant. I think a lot of us can really identify with this Peter. There may be so much about yourself, about your past, that you wish you could change. I'm willing to bet that at the moment of his final denial, when that rooster crowed, Peter wished his story had ended back there in the garden. His hopes had been crushed on the cross, and his own life had reached what looked to be a dead end. But Jesus defeated death and pursued Peter and restored his hope and his faith and his courage. And we hear on Easter, they were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. That's Peter. So, in today's reading from Acts, we find Peter standing in the midst of the very people that he ran from before. He's standing there now defending the fact that he helped a person in need. That this person received healing and restoration to the community. All the powers of the state and the religious elite are there. They're all there. The next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family, when they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power and by what name did you do this? Stand up, Simon Peter. Those in control, those in control demanded. This would be a time for Peter to tread carefully. If your instincts told you to deny being associated with Jesus when asked by a servant girl out in the courtyard a short time ago, now, Peter, you are in the belly of the beast. Watch what you say. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed, <laughs> Peter begins by throwing shade. <laughs> you, you dragged me out here because we helped this person? This man's well-being has you all worked up, does it? Peter, Tone it down already. These guys don't mess around. Look what they did to Jesus. But Peter continues, Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that this man standing before you in good health is standing before you by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Holy cow, Peter. You just tied yourself to the one they tried to do away with altogether. You followed not, your not-so-subtle jab at their lack of compassion, huh? Oh, well, we're, you dragged us out here because this man has received his healing. You followed that up with the proclamation that Jesus is the Christ. You better stop digging, Peter. 
apologize, beg for mercy, do something before it's too late. Peter says, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Peter, are you out of your mind? Now run for your life. These are the guys with the crosses. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. What happened to Peter between his denials to the servant girl out there in the courtyard and where he stands now? What happened? Easter. Resurrection. Death no longer has the final say. After the verdict on Tuesday, George Floyd's aunt said, we must not allow George's death to be his last word. Have you come to believe that some sadness, some loss, some sin, maybe, has pretty much defined your story? I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that God is done with you? Goodness and mercy shall follow you, Radoff. Goodness and mercy shall follow you, pursue you all the days of your life. I suppose there are times in each of our lives when we are trying to hide not only from our fears but from, from God as well. We bury ourselves in work or school or shopping or substance or or shame, or shaming, or whatever we use to numb or distract ourselves. We can find ourselves in such a deep hole that we don't even know or want to be found by anyone, especially by God. We can find ourselves in such a deep and dark valley that we don't feel reachable by anyone or anything. Often because... We simply don't think we deserve it. The gospel has never been about what you deserve. The 23rd Psalm reminds us that in the deepest hole, God will pursue and find us there. In the darkest valley, God will pursue and find us there. When we are so lost that we don't even know where we are. God, in his mercy and forgiveness and goodness, will pursue and find us there. God's goodness and mercy is always hot on our trail. And the Lord is always looking to lead us beside the still waters. The waters that flow over each of us in our baptisms, 
the waters that make us part of a community, the community of faith in Christ. May this gospel find us now. May this good shepherd lead us now. Beside the still waters, all of us, Easter, resurrection, death no longer has the final say. This is why we can call it good news. It is the gospel. Amen. Goodness and mercy shall pursue you. Radaf shall pursue you and find you wherever you find yourself. This morning that might well be at home, but wherever that is, however you're feeling, wherever your faith is on some spectrum of weak and doubting to full-on engaged and strong, wherever you are, goodness and mercy will follow you. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's good enough for me on this day. I hope it's good enough for you. So we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.